DW, the 77%. Welcome to another special edition of the 77% radio show. My name is Wanji Komora and it's that time of the month where we feature our monthly podcast, Don't Hold Back. It's no longer a new edition, but it is an exciting one and I hope you enjoy it. I'm a lot more conscious in terms of you don't need to buy that rather put it towards this um, and unfortunately it took quite an extreme event for me to get to that place and I, I really hope no one else has to go through. And when I look back and I think ah, oh, if I had started then I, I can't imagine where I would have been now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Don't Hold Back. This is where we say it loud. We aim to create a safe space where we can talk about a lot of issues. You know, um, some of them may be a little bit controversial, but they are as equally as important. If you're coming from my YouTube channel, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we are talking about money. We want to know all things, how to create money, how to save money, particularly in a post-pandemic economy. Do we, you know, tighten our belts or we take the risk um, in terms of making sure that the economy is rolling? We don't know. What do we do? Thank goodness in studio we have wealth strategist Joburg Loco, um, Bronson Friedman, who is going to talk us through, you know, the tricks of the trade. He's been through it all. What are the secrets? Because we all want to be millionaires. Okay. <laughs> now, welcome, Bronson. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Nozzy. Thank you for having me. Nice. Now, listen, I am a big foodie. I ask each of my guests to bring in food or a snack that we can share in studio. I'm interested to know, what did you bring? I think you're going to be a little bit disappointed as a big foodie. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, right off the bat. Um, I bought a high-protein, light future life bar. Okay. Um, really a, a on-the-go snack. Um oh. Okay, listen, um, we're going to talk more later in terms of why did you bring that because I'm interested to know the story behind it. But now let's get into the nitty gritty. Let's talk about money. Let me be very honest in it. Now that we're talking about money, everyone has a money story. We've all made mistakes. And let me just tell you about like one of my mistakes. And I'm only saying this because this is a safe space. Okay, no one's going to judge anyone. <laughs> so when I started working, um, you know, they started calling me and talking about credit. I didn't realize what that was. And they said, you qualify, you know, 10,000 rand, 15,000 rand for this clothing account. So I went to open the clothing account. And then I went overboard. I didn't realize that I had to pay it, you know, monthly. And there was a certain amount that I needed to pay. And then that's when I actually realized that, hang on a sec, I can't afford this. So I let it go and I didn't pay it. Then five years later, when I actually wanted to now buy a house, um, one of the things that was flagged was, um, you have a clothing account you haven't paid in about five years and we can't go forward with the application until that is paid. Um, so I'm telling this because, Bronson, what is, or what are some of the mistakes that you have made that you can recall when it comes to money? Jeez, there's a, a relatively long list. Um, so I think probably the biggest mistake a lot of us make is living beyond our means. Mm. Um, and I think that's, you know, whether you're taking out a credit facility, buying a car that's maybe more expensive than you should buy, clothes, 
taking out shop accounts, you know, whatever it is, there's a number of different mistakes that, that people make. Um, I think your situation is not unique. A lot of people get caught with store cards, credit cards, which turn into overdraft revolving loans. You know, unfortunately, that's sort of the, the debt trap. Right. A large percentage of South Africans spend uh, almost all of their salary servicing debt, whether it's vehicle, home loan, credit cards, etc. Um, so I think probably the biggest mistake I've made, financial mistake, is I bought a car that was just well above what I should have been buying at that stage, plowed almost 20 grand a month into this vehicle. Um, fortunately, I had a, a, a little daughter not too long after that, which forced me to downgrade again. Right. But um, I think a vehicle is such a big purchase and it's actually such a waste of money. And unfortunately, we're in this society where in South Africa in particular, it's all about the car that you drive. Um, and I mean, I see people driving cars that are costing them nothing less than 80 to 100,000 rand a month. And if we just put those numbers into an investment plan of any kind, you know, even something really sort of conservative fixed income, the numbers that you would end up with are staggering. But instead, you know, we're just wasting money um, to try and keep up this image in society, which I think is, is, is maybe the biggest mistake that we all make. Yeah. Now, I've been following for quite some time. There's a particular story that I'm interested in um, that involves um, one of your children. Yes. And um, it caused you to really look back in terms of some of the decisions that you've made with money. Sure. Um, can you just talk us through that? Sure. So I've got a 17-month-old mm. um, and I've got a, a eight-week-old, but the 17-month-old Mackenzie she was diagnosed with leukemia at four months of age. Um, we had obviously just started sort of finding our feet post-COVID, just started going back to the office, just getting used to a newborn, um, and we were dealt this blow. Um, I suppose there are certain things that I look back on that I'm very grateful that I had in place, maybe other things that I look back on that I wish I did have, which I didn't have. Um, and I, I mean, if I run through just a couple things, Medical aid, you know, for me, medical aid in South Africa in particular, um, our state hospital facilities are, are not up to scratch. Um, so medical aid for me is probably one of the most important risk management tools that you can have. Um, we were very lucky that we had that and we were very well taken care of um, by Discovery. Um, you know, they, they really came to the party and I think by February of this year, so just under a year uh, um, after she was diagnosed, they had paid over 8 million rand. I mean, that's, it's impossible for an individual or most individuals to stomach that kind of blow. So that was the first thing that I had in place. And then we just had emergency savings, mm -hmm. um, income protection, you know, a few products, I suppose, which you read about and you're like, oh, do I really need it? It's a bit of a grudge purchase or putting three months salary away. When will I really require that? Um, and life happens and it happens pretty quickly. Right. Um, and I suppose... Uh, Post going through all of that, um, I'm a lot more conscious in terms of, you know, you don't need to buy that, rather put it towards this. Um, and unfortunately, it took quite an extreme event for me to get to that place. Um, and I, I really hope no one else has to go through um, that, that same kind of, of trauma mm. to, to realize that, you know, maybe my money would be better spent or directed here as opposed to there. Um, and if I can just, I suppose, offer a, a little bit of advice around that. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, uh, you know, that, that's really what I want to try and aim to achieve. Now, let me be honest. Um, one of the things that has put a lot of people when it comes to um, money, savings, um, is this whole myth around 
okay, you need to save 40% of your income. If you can't do that, then you have no chance, you know, of building your wealth, of building generational wealth. Sure. And I always look at my, you know, situation. I look at our budget and I can't save 40%. And because I can't save 40%, then I'm like, oh, okay, maybe this is not for me. I, I shouldn't even start. So I just want us to go through, like, really the practicality and the reality of where do you start um, to, to start building your wealth or to start saving? What advice would you give someone? So I think, you know, obviously looking at the 40% rule, there's a number of rules um, in the industry uh, there's the 40% rule, the 75% rule. Um, and I suppose every person's situation is quite unique. Um, and by putting numbers in place like 40%, it almost does more harm than good because it just seems so unattainable. It's such a massive mountain to climb. It's like, well, I'm not even going to waste my time starting Absolutely. because I'm not even going to end up close to where I need to end up. Mm -hmm. So I think, firstly, the 40% rule really applies to somebody that's going to start saving post 40 years old if you're going to start early so 20 25 30 you're actually looking at closer to 20 percent 25 percent which is obviously a lot more attainable second to that i think it's a lot easier to break these goals into bite-sized chunks so there's a group of analysts in the us and they put together a slightly different calculation and basically what they did is at how much do you want saved at different points in your life? So, for example, at age 25, you want half of your annual salary saved already. Okay. Then by age 35, you want one and a half times your annual salary saved and so on and so forth. And you kind of go every five years and try to keep track. Mm -hmm. um, and eventually at 65, you want between seven and a half and 13 and a half times your annual salary. Um, and by breaking it down into those five-year increments, it just makes it a lot easier to reach certain goals. So I think um, there's a saying, it's the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. So, um, you know, I suppose instead of worrying about the, the, the number itself, I think we need to place more emphasis on opening the account, okay. starting. That's, that's really, I suppose, the, the best advice. We um, aim to talk to a lot of young people, right, um, um, in the market. Um, those that are just finishing school, actually they may be still in school. Um, those that just started their careers. When I look back, I actually only started being serious about, you know, investing in my late 20s. And it's so, it's so sad because I started working at 19. And when I look back and I think, ah, oh, if I had started then, I, I can't imagine where I would have been now. So what advice um, or what would you say to a young person in school, just finishing school um, or just started their career? The one number one thing they always ask, where do, we, where, do we, where do we start? What products do we look at? Do we start thinking about, like, you know, retirement at 19 or at 21 or at 25? Sure. What would you say to them? So, geez, unfortunately, there's just so many products, there's so many options. It's almost like analysis paralysis. So I don't blame people for not starting. There's a number of financial professionals you can turn to. Um, unfortunately, a lot of traditional brokers have maybe sort of painted the wrong image in terms of where they step in, where they help people. And that's just driven through commissions and fees that were maybe taken and, and bad investment decisions. Alternatively, there's YouTube channels. You've got access to MoneyWeb, Fin24, 
Business Day, you know, all of these websites, if you go onto Google, you're able to find a, a, a ton of information just to maybe guide you in the right direction. Um, and then if you're a little bit intimidated to chat to somebody, you can open up an account with Easy Equities as an example. You can open up a, a, a basic unit trust. You can buy some shares. So I think, again, instead of worrying about, you know, the, the, the sort of total offering that's out there, maybe just make a decision, get started. More than likely, you're going to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. But the, the, the sooner you start, the, the bigger the buffer you've got should things, I suppose, go, go wrong down the line. So, yeah. Now, Bronson, have you always been this wealth strategist? Like, where, where did it actually start? Jeez, I don't think anybody's very financially inclined, if I could say that, from birth. I suppose you get taught these different lessons as you grow up. Um, and my dad was always very meticulous with saving, um, you know, trying to, I suppose, pass some of his knowledge onto us. Um, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's more sort of um, nurture versus nature when it comes to, to anything kind of financial. Um, and then when I finished school, I wasn't really too sure what I wanted to study. So I just did a general BCom. Um, that led me down a road towards finance. Um, and I suppose I never really looked back, but um, it's not something that came to me naturally. I just, you know, woke up one day and said, I need to save and invest. And, you know, it, I suppose it's, it's something that you've got to learn. And it's something that um, isn't for everybody. And if it's not for you, you know, there are people out there that can help. You know what, Bronson, let's get into the food, okay? You said you brought in like a protein bar, right? Correct. What's the story behind it? So I actually am quite a foodie myself. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately, we've got two beautiful young daughters. Unfortunately, very limited time with both of them. Yeah. So I've had to, I suppose, just improvise um, mm -hmm. and make sure that I've got something to eat on the go, keep my energy levels up. So at the moment, that's probably my go-to. <laughs> um, not quite the plate of sushi that I had pre-children, right. um, but hopefully as they get a little bit older, we'll, we'll get back there. I mean, I can understand with two little ones in the house. Okay, I'm interested to, to taste it. Apparently, yeah, it's peanut butter uh, flavor. Let's see. Would you like a piece also? I've already had one today, but I'll have another one. You know what? I, I usually don't like anything peanut buttery, but this one is actually very nice. I'm not sure whether it's also the chocolate uh, that's within it. Very possible. Yes, it's actually very nice. Thank you so much for bringing that. Pleasure. Bronson, you've shared a lot of your background, your expertise when it comes to money. I want to do a fun game, okay? It's called Rapid Fire Questions. Okay. I'm going to be giving you two options. You don't have much time to think about it. You choose one or the other. You have about 10 seconds. Okay. Ready? Go. Okay, cool. First question. What is more painful, doing your own taxes or teaching someone to do theirs? Doing your own taxes. Really? Definitely. Have you done yours? I've tried once <laughs> and I won't be trying again. Okay. Okay, second one. Favorite movie about money or money laundering? I would say Wolf of Wall Street, but that's maybe a little bit corny. <laughs> um, there's a documentary called Inside a Job. Uh, that, that's definitely the one. I'm going to check it out. Okay, I'm going to check it out. Where would you want to be a stockbroker? London, 
New York or Johannesburg? Probably New York. True. I think I, I know the answer to this one. Second and dream car in cash or family holiday treat? Like I said, if you asked me before Mackenzie was born, I would have gone with the car, but definitely family holiday. I thought so. Um, steak dinner or a tank of petrol? Oh, gosh, in his times. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I wish a tank of petrol was as cheap as a steak dinner, but right. um, I'd have to go with a steak dinner. Okay. What's harder, saving or spending money? Definitely saving. The last one, night binge watching all the shows you missed or watching your newborns not sleep. We don't have much of a choice at the moment, so option <laughs> two. Bronson, how do you even cope? So there is a routine. I think with kids, it's all about routine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you end up winging it a lot of the time, to be honest. Um, kids are unpredictable, but you make it work. Now, Bronson, as we're ending off, we are feeling the pressure and we're feeling overwhelmed by the continuous rising of cost of living. Um, what would you say to someone that is feeling the pressure and how do we manage the expectations? So I think, you know, this is just the beginning. Obviously, inflation numbers at the moment are very high. Interest rates are going up and will continue to go up. Um, I think it's it's important for us to... Just go back to the basics, relook at your budget, settle debt, don't live beyond your means. You know, there's, I suppose there's a number of different things that you can do, but I, I, the cornerstone for me is definitely your budget. Look at your budget, make sure that you're not spending money on things that you're not even using. Cornerstone, look at your budget and short-term debt, because as interest rates go up, the servicing of this debt is going to become increasingly expensive, um, and you just want to make sure, I suppose, that you've you've done your sort of um, financial spring clean, for Mm. lack of a better term. And lastly, just any tips for getting back on our feet post-pandemic? Start with your budget. Like I said, it's, it's, although we've come through COVID, I think we are going into slightly more difficult economic times, to be, to be brutally honest. And, you know, again, don't buy the t-shirt, don't buy the expensive car. Don't buy the takeaways. Mm. If you don't have to, don't do it. That it, it, It's almost short-term sacrifice for long-term gain. Um, but unfortunately, we seem to live in a time with you know, instant gratification is everything. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, the, 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 the cost you pay today is the price that you'll pay tomorrow. So you know, maybe just um, clean up your budget, clean up your spending habits, um, you know, other than that. Um, there's not much else that we can do. You know, I think there's one thing I'm taking away. If you don't need it, don't buy it. Every time I've had to now, you know, think about a purchase, do I need it? And if I don't need it, then I don't have to buy it. Thank you so much, Branson. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And that is where we ended off, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Don't Hold Back, where we say it loud. It's a podcast in collaboration with DW, Jacaranda FM, and East Coast Radio. Please make sure that you listen and watch this episode. Many other episodes also available on anywhere where you get your podcast and, of course, on YouTube. I am Nozibele Kamganamayaba. Until next time, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for listening. You can enjoy new episodes once a month on the 77% radio show. From me, Wanjuko Mwaura, goodbye for now.